0: again by Barry Rodriguez and Marin Gaffron. Hey guys, what's up? What's up y'all? Welcome to episode two. This week we're going to touch on parenting. We're going to talk about uh, some events that have happened this week and we're going to be joined by our first guest ever, Amy Christie. So we're looking forward to that. But um, guys, what a week, huh? some good, some bad, wanted to, uh, tap into what's been going on. Marin, I know you've been traveling a bit, Barry. Um, I want to hear how you, uh, have spent the last week since our first episode was published. Um, yeah. So tell me about it. What's going on.
1: Yeah. Um, I went to, okay, I've got to get this straight. Um, I'm going to tell on myself, I went to Baltimore, Maryland. Um, but the entire time I was on the plane with, um, some of our other worship arts folks. We were going to a uh, multicultural worship leaders conference, um, which was super awesome, by the way. But the whole time we were on the plane, I thought we were going to Massachusetts. What? The whole time? <laughs> I'm not getting close enough, right? I get Boston and Baltimore mixed up. Something's wrong with me. <laughs> Baltimore, Massachusetts. <laughs> totally. We landed. I hear it's great this time <laughs> of year. <laughs> and I opened my Google Maps, oh <laughs> looking gosh. for the ocean.
0: <laughs> Marin.
1: You know, I just go where I'm told. Oh my I goodness, do, I do what I'm told. So, yeah, I was really hoping for a lobster roll. Um, which kind of I was
0: wondering about that. Oh we had an gosh. offline conversation where you're we like, did. I better get a lobster I roll. Said I'm it like, so many in times. Baltimore, <laughs> all right, maybe they have them.
1: I didn't know better. So, I'm from the Midwest, and I just was thinking, like, man, we're closer to the ocean than I've ever been. So maybe there will be lobster. <laughs> Did you trolls. smell the
2: ocean from afar at least? You
1: know, like that Pavlovian kind of like you're making it up. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. I know I can smell the ocean. It's here. But I, I meant Chesapeake Bay. Yeah. But I thought ocean, you know. Sure. So the running wow. joke of the trip was I asked every single person we encountered, every Uber driver, every waiter you know so on we're, purpose where are the lobster
0: rolls? <laughs> no you did I it totally did oh my gosh
1: <laughs> and they said you know we're more known for crab cakes so i did get the crab cakes i was were pleasantly good? pleasantly surprised yeah they were good they were good but they were glorified tuna like i'm
2: yeah yeah i'm, yeah. I'm fighting words i'm i'm just kidding i don't <laughs> care about that <laughs> at all but
1: <laughs> sounded right <laughs> They were good though, and I'm very thankful for every crab cake that I enjoyed. But
0: so tell me, tell us about that conference. What would you guys do? Why'd you go there?
1: Yeah. Um. Well, our um, what is what would what is Jeff's title? Pastor of communication. Jeff Unruh. He's yes. a
0: pastor of communications and worship arts and production now.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, he found this conference. None of us had ever heard of any of the speakers or anything. Of it, but he found this conference and thought that it would uh, be beneficial to uh, the worship arts team if we could go and learn more about what it means to be uh, multicultural versus multicolored, which is fascinating, by the way. That's interesting. What was
2: the conference called again?
1: Um, The Multicultural Worship Leaders Network. Okay, um, I believe. So yeah. So, um,
0: multicultural versus multicolored.
1: Versus multicolored. Yes.
0: What is the distinction?
1: Hold on. Now it's gonna get it's gonna get a little bumpy. Um, if you have people of different ethnicities represented, congratulations, you do have a multicolored church. Mm. But if you are still uh, monocultural. You know, hey, every person from around the world, come and sing these songs and listen to these words and, you know, practice greetings in this way. And yeah. if, if things are multicultural within yours, if things are monocultural within your service, you have a multicolored church wow. with different colors represented, but their cultures aren't necessarily represented. Wow. So this was a conference about churches that are trying to become more intentional in implementing Uh, pieces of the cultures of the folks that are represented within their congregation or not. That was another question Mm -hmm. that was brought up. One pastor said, I have a large uh, Croatian population uh, surrounding my church and we want them to come here. We want to, you know, reach out to them or whatever. But right now we don't have any Croatian, anything in our services because we don't have any Croatian people who come here yet. So should we start to implement those things before they get here or do we wait for them to get here? And then we start growing in our attempts to be multicultural. Yeah, wow. um, what's the answer? The answer was, set the table for who's coming. Mm-hmm. And that just blew my mind. Um, we've been talking some here around Grace Church about um, communicating and perhaps even overcommunicating communicating ideas um, to our congregation at mm-hmm. large. Um, so this would mean in this pastor's circumstance, preparing his current congregation for the culture that does now surround his church and, um, teaching them, making them aware, um, starting to kind of set the foundation for that. Um, and then maybe introducing, um, maybe the word for God in their language, just familiarizing yourself with just little pieces too much too soon is bad for everybody. Um, so just trying too hard. Yeah. 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 Little bits here and there. Um, and, and so much about building relationships with, People from those communities, so that you become this church would become an extension of that community. It's not like a handout or reaching down; um, it's an extension of that mm. community.
2: That's interesting. When I when I've traveled a lot, one of the things that I kept bumping into was that um, when I would try to learn the local language I would always you know I would learn a sentence or two um, but for whatever reason it like won so many hearts and minds that I was trying yeah. to learn the language and because I realized okay it didn't matter that I didn't couldn't really carry on a conversation I could barely even string two words together but I made it and made an effort to know them and to, to be on their terms and not expect them to know English. Yes. And so I wonder the similar kind of idea. there, saying we actually, yeah, yeah, we know one word in Croatian, but we know a word in Croatian because we want
1: to to Mm -hmm. meet you where you are. So, so many times it was said um, to just let people of other cultures know that we see you, Mm -hmm. we know that you're here, we hear you, we see you. And essentially that's what you were doing by learning that one sentence or that one word. You know, I know that you're here. I see you. Um, and that's that's just warmly received. That's coming from a heart of care. Um, you know, you're not trying to exploit their culture or anything like that. They know that that comes from a heart of love. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I could talk about this stuff all day. This gets yeah, me going. Me too. Yeah.
0: yeah. So it's like dignifying other cultures instead of asking them to assimilate yes. into yours. Yeah. So what was what was your team's, like one of your team's biggest takeaways or things you want to start doing here?
1: Um, well, f- we had um, Brad Becky, who leads here at 146. We had Ephraim, who leads at North Indy. Uh, Will just had a baby, so Will got a pass on this one. Um, but I was there, and then uh, Kendra Kendra Kirby came as well. Um, we understand that our locations are different, Fishers, North Indy, and um, right here in where are we? Noblesville, <laughs> right here in the town of 146. Yeah. Yes. You're right. The, the border between
2: Westfield, Noblesville and Carmel, yeah, which yeah. is why we call our campus 146th street. Cause there's mm-hmm. literally nothing else.
1: Yes, totally. So, I mean, different, um, demographics in all three of those places. Um, I know I can speak a little bit for Ephraim. Um, there's a, a large congregation Not congregation. There's a large concentration of Burmese immigrants. So a lot of this spoke to him in the way that he could start preparing that congregation to receive the influx that they're hoping um, to be able to reach out to these uh, Burmese people. Um, So what would that look like? Would that mean learning a song in their language or even just a verse? One of the things they did, um, fabulous musicians at this conference, Just they'd blow your mind. they, they describe different ways that you can blend songs from cultures with a song that's already familiar, you know, which might be good. Baby steps, you know, so you sing yeah. how great is our God and then you just change the word God or, or to, a, you know, their language or um, you kind of blend a chorus from a Spanish song into a well-known, already very well-known English-speaking song. And it's just a way to kind of make the cultures equal and Yeah, present it in Hmm. that way. Um, Yeah, fascinating. Um, And they did that so seamlessly. And the person who led the song, no one was left behind in the room. Like, I don't speak Arabic. I don't speak Hindi. But within the first 30 minutes of worship, I was singing a chorus in Arabic and Hindi. He didn't pick something very complicated. You know, it was simple enough to where, you know, you hear it once, you pick it up you kind of meditate on it and they have the English translation underneath it, mm-hmm. um, on the screen, you know, so that you weren't totally lost the whole time, but, that's awesome. Um, great ideas. Yeah. Great ideas. So we're, yeah, we're going to take cool. all that information and, uh, pray on it and see, you know, Lord, what, what would that mean? That's cool. For our congregations.
2: It's going to be interesting. I think the bigger conversation out of this is, um, uh, do we, I'm saying corporately as a, as a church body, do we even want hey. to be a multicultural hey. church yet? Ooh. Now, I know those of us sitting around this table, we really want that. But do our people really want that? Right. I mean, I know there are people who attend Grace Church and they would like nothing more than to sing oceans for <laughs> the entire worship set again and again every single week. So this is going to be an interesting interesting conversation because this we are asking people right. to... Right. Step out of their comfort zone for the sake of what we imagine the church becoming, yeah. and so hmm. this is a, a this will be a big right. a big conversation for the
1: sake of the biblical description of the larger body of Christ.
2: You know? Absolutely.
1: Um, at the end, the very last thing we did in this conference, we all formed a circle around the room and held hands and prayed for the person on our right and on our left. Um, and I know I'm paraphrasing, but the scripture in Revelation where it says that there was a great multitude gathered around the throne, every tribe, every tongue, every nation. I'm looking around the room and I'm like, this is it. it. This is happening right now. And, you know, unless I'm lucky enough to attend that conference again next year, this might be the last time I experience anything like that. Mm. This side of heaven. It just blew me away. I, uh, I never cried more in two days. I came home. I told my husband I will only use this brand of mascara because I just wept throughout the entire event but my eyes looked fantastic
3: (laughs) wow
2: (laughs) that's awesome
1: yeah it was pretty cool
2: you can't mention their name otherwise we'd have to talk to them
1: about sponsorship yeah i know enough about broadcasting to Mm -hmm. have just i was just shy
0: got a lot of tortilla (laughs) feedback last week so (laughs) i don't want i don't want to go there with the mascara this week (laughs) barry what uh what what have you been up to what's going on
2: oh what's been going on it's pretty normal week. Um, I enjoyed listening to the podcast. It was fun listening back. I didn't listen to everything. I kind of skipped through it, but, uh, listening to, you know, wet tortillas and Mm -hmm. uh, conversations about stovetops and it was great. Um, so this week, the one thing that I did, which was kind of unique and it's funny as, as we were talking about this multiculturalism, I realized I got a little taste of it in my own experience. Um, so here at grace, we have this thing called way of discipleship. And it's essentially, um, I think the phrase is a time, an intentional time bound relationship focusing on uh, learning and practicing the 11 key practices of following
0: Jesus or something rolls right off the tongue,
2: something along those (laughs) lines. Yeah. It's real. Basically you get together with someone and you work through what it means to be a Christ follower, and ideally, you're doing it in a way that you're also kind of living life together a little bit. Uh, you're kind of going through the ups and downs, and it maybe even takes a couple of years to go through these eleven practices. Uh, things like, you know, serving. Now, what's the? I don't. <laughs> I'm the worst representative for a way of discipleship. What are they? Uh, like um, surrender, surrender and, and trust. trust, communion with God, studying the Word of God, uh, material generosity, moral integrity, blah blah blah. Okay, right. so. I've been doing wave discipleship with one uh young adult guy who's really great and um uh, we've been doing it for about a year. Uh this is probably the third or fourth time I've gone through it. And we've been going through it, but then I kind of had two other young men sort of come right into my world not that long ago, and I decided that God was probably nudging me to start wave discipleship with them as well. So all of a sudden I went from 1 to 3 and um decided that because I had three guys I was going to try to um, have them engage with each other a little bit as well, not just have it all be one-on-one. So on an, on a regular basis, we're going to be getting together and doing some things together. And um, so this past Saturday, I decided to have like a four or five hour little mini retreat, uh, where we just came together and talked about a certain topic, looked at some scripture and spent some alone time and came back and debriefed it, and prayed over each other. Super simple, but it was really, really cool. And um, I mean, there was some real, God really showed up in, in some really cool ways for them. Um, but the cool thing is one of uh, the young men that I've been discipling, he's an American, grew up at Grace, uh, just, you know, pretty much as monocultural as you could get mm-hmm. here in the suburbs of Indianapolis. One of the other guys that I'm discipling, he his uh, family immigrated here from Mexico, so he was born in Mexico, and he he came here when he was maybe I want to say six or seven. And so he's got a really unique perspective coming at it as a as a child of immigrants, as an immigrant himself. And then another young man uh, is Sammy Sammy Musimi, who is from from our our partner at uh, Nairobi Chapel who just married a gal from Grace mm-hmm. and now now he's living here and they're uh, pursuing their calling and passion maybe into awesome. church planting in Toronto because his heart is for so here I am sitting here with with uh well, these four guys coming from completely different yeah or, speaking sorry, these of three multicultural. guys and we were all coming from completely different perspectives and it was really cool because um what what I had them talk about we were talking about the topic of surrender and trust and I I kind of put this idea in front of them that every, Christ follower at any point in their life, they are looking at a boundary of their trust. There's a, there's a boundary line to which their trust can, can comfortably go. And then there's a line beyond, beyond which they don't know if they're ready to take that step. Mm. And it it's always, there's always a boundary line, even mm. if, if you're a brand new Christ follower or if you've been one for a really long time. And so we talked about that. We looked at, um, you know, the, the passage, be still and know that I'm God, which is sort of this idea of, of fully trusting in the midst of great chaos and, and tumult and all this stuff. And so I had them really wrestle with, and what is your boundary? Is it a, is it a, a life circumstance that you need to trust God in? Is it a moral issue that you need to do some sort of identity thing that God says of you that you need to wrestle with? Do you believe if it's true? All that kind of thing. And so um, each one of them had totally different answers for what that was, but it was such a cool thing for us to do. So so before we were recording this podcast, we were talking about the shooting that happened uh, in Texas, in Sutherland Springs, Texas, at this church, and just trying to decide, how do we even talk about this issue? And what came to mind as I was thinking about this whole boundary of trust idea is that there is a point, and Marin, you were kind of talking, You maybe you can talk a little bit more about this, but there's this uh, point at which you realize you just can't, Mm-hmm. be guaranteed of your safety anywhere. Mm-mm, you no. you know in this world you could be hit by a car, you could be shot, you could be you could mm-hmm. die of a disease. Like it's 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 almost there's no yeah. there's no surprise to me that we live in such an age of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I think this whole concept applies to this idea of a boundary of trust, to what degree are we willing to trust that God will take us through, that will mm-hmm. will he protect us that that you know, to what degree do I trust that that God really is my protector mm-hmm. and that that his promises about my life yeah. and the life that I have, even in the face of death, that those promises are actually true. So I don't know. What do you, what are you guys yeah. thinking about that? That to me, it kind of draws a line.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness.
2: And I know we're going to talk, we'll talk a little bit. Yeah. More. Let's, let's
0: hold that thought. Okay. Cause I want to bring in our guest and by the way, that's awesome. You guys that you did did that this weekend and last week. What'd you do Tyler? The, yeah. I <laughs> played my wife in Mario Kart for two solid days this weekend. Pretty much
1: Who all weekend. The baby,
0: oh, he was there. <laughs> he was there. Um, He's really not very good at Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, yet. he. We only had two controllers, so. Um, but speaking of way of discipleship, there's a there's another. Um, discipline called self-denial and I've had to deny myself that I'm good at things like this because my wife kicks my butt at Mario Kart. I'm a pretty competitive person. My wife is like zero competition in her bones. She just doesn't care, but she beats me almost every time and it drives me nuts. That's
1: probably why though. Oh, She's so my chill. Gosh. She's got this like inner confidence. And so that doesn't get in the way. I think uh, maybe your, I don't know. your insecurities and your competitiveness are actually holding you back in Mario
0: Kart. It makes me so mad that Have you played?
1: Um Mario Kart? I yeah. haven't played Mario Kart since Nintendo 64.
0: Well, you should. I should. <laughs> uh it so she gets first place and I'm I'm bringing up the rear in like 6th. It's Wow. I get when I get hit by like green shell, red shell, green shell right in a row. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Do you yell at your
0: screen? Do you throw your um, controller? I don't throw anything. I just say, I say things like, I think my tires are bad because you can customize your car. And like, I think I need different tires. Making excuses, you know. So and that's what I did. But I'm glad you guys had great transforming. That,
1: right? Your wife does not make excuses. Or no, because she wins. See, it's...
2: Also, let's go back to the thing about you are practicing self-denial by playing a video game for two days. Yeah. I, my, I'm denying
0: myself. <laughs> two days? I'm denying myself of... Uh, food, the ability to be good at something. Food, the water. overconfidence. Right? That's how that works. No, probably sure. not. I don't know. Anyways, let's bring in our first guest ever on between Sundays. Amy Christie is with us, everybody. Hello. Hey, Amy, how are you?
4: I'm just right now. I'm just so excited that Lauren beat you. (laughs) Like that just makes me so happy because I just love it. It's awesome. So because I love Lauren and it just makes uh, me happy and it kind of makes me happy that it made you that mad.
0: (laughs) So let me start this off by saying Amy and I have a really interesting relationship. It's love hate. So anybody who's listening (laughs) to this relationship, please know that I really hate her. Yeah.
1: I'm just gonna sit back and just let the kidding. snarkiness just fly. Yeah. let the snark fly. If you're,
2: if you don't know the two of these guys, and you look at and you listen to their combative, yes. like almost angry,
1: <laughs> oh yeah,
2: riparte, you well, realize even like, when
1: they're not speaking, it's in their eyes.
2: Yeah, yeah. like
0: yeah, jeez, yeah, lasers.
2: You wouldn't, you wouldn't lasers. know that it was all in fun. Yes, you just know. wouldn't know. What um, I really hesitate to start talking enneagram all the time. Oh my word. I just have to bring it up because I know you're an eight and I'm so an you're eight, at yes. war with the world.
4: Amy, what are you? I'm a seven with an eight wing. Okay. So there's a little bit Although of war. Although people argue that I'm a three.
0: Can you explain what a seven is? Oh, here we go. Mm.
4: We don't. Can Let's cut else? that out. <laughs> <laughs> I hate trying to explain well, it. Well, just
0: talk about yourself.
4: Oh, what about me? Are you the life of the party? Yeah. Yes, I am. I mean, I would like to be. I hope so. Oh, I'll be so sad if I'm not. You think you're so much fun. I do think I can be fun. Do, yeah. at a party. do
0: you, do you, uh
2: cover over your deep insecurities by, uh, <laughs> by pursuing pleasure and
4: avoiding pain at all costs? Um, I didn't think that, but the more I've heard that and the more I think about it, yes, probably. Yeah. I'm a seven as yeah. well. So yeah. <laughs> I probably do. And it, the, the thing that all threw me into the seven more than the three, cause people did, I had people that knew the Enneagram and they were like, you're not a seven, you're a three. And I said, well, I've tested twice and I've been a seven both times. Solid seven hmm. is because of the, um, negative, like, doesn't a three operate? From, it works hard. From, from what? Yeah, <laughs> works threes hard. work are talking. Yeah, really hard. To oversimplify. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, a three is concerned. A three is day. Um, threes come out of shame or guilt, right? Isn't that and, and sevens operate shame, yeah. out of They're, fear, right? And, and
2: threes yeah. are threes are really really concerned with what other people think of them. Here's the thing: you're probably See, also a high yeah. three, just like me. I'm a high seven and a I high three. Because I do care what people think. Yeah. It's yeah, we're great people. We're amazing. I think so. But man, <laughs> the baggage yeah, that no one sees. I know.
4: Because we just hide it. Oh. So don't this try. weekend, <laughs> yes. joking,
2: by the way, in case you couldn't hear my voice, I don't <laughs> yeah. actually think that I'm a great <laughs> person.
0: Oh, man, sevens on. do
3: have a lot of fun I because, do, because but we don't no, deal with I'm our own pain. Too.
0: Amy, you spoke this weekend. Yes. You talked about parenting. Mm-hmm. We are in a current series right now called Bless This Mess and um, talking about a variety of that's another thing, guys. Before we get into this, I got a lot of feedback about the, the mouth clicks, okay? I know it's a thing. I know that I'm trying to work on it. Every time I do it, Maren looks at Emily, who's our producer, and makes this face. I know. I got it. I'm working on it, well, all right? I know
1: that I did it last time, too. Like I heard my my, my kids pointed it out because I had told them oh, about yours. Yeah, called out. Yeah, so then Jaden's like, um, Mom, you, you just did it. it. Yep. Yeah. So we're, we apologize.
0: Okay. So as I was saying, we are yes. in a current series called bless this mess. You spoke about parenting, but bless this mess is a, is a series about a variety of relationships. Last week, we talked about the aging adult this week. We'd love to talk with you about, um, your sermon, um, how you came to be interested in talking about this, um, some of the research you did, um, and just parenting in general, like some of us around this table have kids, some of us don't. And so anybody who's listening to this podcast, whether you're a child or uh parents of someone, like you've got an interesting and valid perspective on this dynamic. And so can you talk a little bit about um, why you chose or why, why, because it was a really vulnerable message for you, it seemed. And um, can you just talk a little bit about why it's so important to you?
4: Well, I mean, it's important to me, number one, probably because I have four children. So, it, um, But more than that is, um, as I've continued to grow into my adulthood and reflect back on all of the people that impacted me and where I am today, I want to be that for some of the kids in our congregation, the kids in our community. I hope that by being in my home and me raising them and, and doing my part for my own kids that I am imprinting on their lives. If I'm not, shame on me, but I, I hope that I and pray that I'm doing that for other kids in this community, Grace Church, and in the larger mm-hmm. community as well, because I know that there are people that to this day probably have no idea that one sentence from them or one interaction with them was part of my journey toward where God has brought me today. So I feel pretty passionate about that and about this next generation. Again, I have four people in this next generation Mm -hmm. that are super important to me. And I just think that they have so much to offer and I'm not sure that we always validate that or even have the eyes to see that. Um, So I just, I feel really passionate about the whole idea of parenting and more than that. And I think as we looked at the series as a whole, we didn't want it to just be for the specific topic we were talking to. So my goal was not for parents to be the only ones that were impacted through the message this weekend. My goal was that the community called Grace Church Mm -hmm. would be impacted because the whole idea is that none of us can nor should we do any of these relationships on our own. And I know that's gonna come out in marriage and Mm -hmm. singleness And Tim spoke Mm -hmm. about it in aging. We are community. Mm -hmm. We are the body of Christ. We are, so we should be supporting each other. And I hope that that's what, if anything was taken away, I hope that people felt motivated for how can I be a part of some kid's life or multiple kids? How can I be a part of moving them toward Jesus and moving them toward their calling? Because isn't that what we... Mm -hmm. Isn't that what we desire as the church? I love
1: the way you defined parenting at the beginning of your sermon. You set it up so that anyone who was tempted to think, "Oh, well, I'm not a parent, so this message isn't for me," you defined parenting as um, a parent is a person who brings up and cares for another, mm-hmm. and that is so broad that extends to everyone. Yes. Um, it doesn't exclude anyone. Um, Yeah, can you talk a little bit about that definition?
4: I just wanted to make sure that there was nobody in the room that felt like they were called a parent that felt like they were not included in. Mm -hmm. um, And our world today, you know, this is this comes to me because of all of the bajillion friends I well now I sound like I'm of course you have a bajillion friends, Amy, of course. (laughs) But all the people (laughs) in my life that are called parent that did not give birth to the children that mm-hmm. that they are parenting. So I I just wanted to make sure as I was looking at the definition uh I just wanted to make sure a lot of it was this begat that, this generated this and I'm like but it's so much more than that. It's not. I mean, we see so many examples of people that are raising other people's children or people that have adopted or and I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that no one is missed yeah. in this definition. No one and is missed. It's
2: interesting that we're, we have to do that kind of, that kind of defining now, not only because of some of the realities of our culture, but just because of where Western culture is, has come in general, because yes. in, in many other cultures in the world and also throughout time, it was just a given. Yeah. I mean, the whole village takes a village to raise a child. Right. Well, that was just a normal thing, mm-hmm. uh, you know. All the moms were together with the kids, and all the the mm-hmm. elders and dads would have a responsibility to speak into the lives, and the and the older folks would be there to to pass on the lore from their, right. from, You know, mm-hmm. it's just a normal thing. And now everything has become so isolated oh. and so so lonely. You pointed that out. You said one of the I love this part. You were kind of talking about as parents, and you were speaking hopefully for for everyone there, but, but you were saying, this is what I wish everybody knew about me. And uh, one of the things you said was, you know, I need you. And I, I, as, a, especially for single parents, I feel alone. And that's a real issue that we've got going on. Um, have you, how in your parenting or even the parenting of some of your, your friends and acquaintances, how billions have you seen of friends, your incredible <laughs> social network of friends? <laughs> how have you seen, how have you seen this idea of this isolation um, playing a role in in kind of some of the things that are happening in our culture today.
4: Well, one of, one of the things that I've I've seen is a lot of single parents are on their own. It's it's this. Uh, I don't know what it is about couples that tend to shy away from engaging with, and I know you're going to speak about this in two in two weeks, but kind of keeping their distance from somebody that's in singlehood, uh, whether, whether they're single and no children or single with children. I know, it, especially when it comes through a, a divorce situation, I see a lot where uh, I don't know how to choose sides. It looks like it. So we just,
3: yeah. mm, just drop a, completely. Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah, yeah, and I I find that to be hmm. really disconcerting. It, it's so bothersome to me that all of a sudden you you, it, you don't know how to relate, so you refuse to relate. And I think that's that's our culture, period. If I don't understand you, if I, if I if it's hard for me to talk to you, if it's hard for me to relate to you, then I just won't do it. And I think it's the same situation there that I, well, I might say something that's – well, you might say something that's not right. And then hope they have grace and forgiveness and you ask for forgiveness and say, I didn't mean it like that. And can we push through this and, and still get to the other side and, and understand each other and be friends and – so, yeah, I think I've just noticed that as, you know, we've had some people in in our circle go through that kind of stuff and um, and I've had family members that have gone through that and, you know, of course they're, they're still part of our, our family and that's not an issue, but I've seen friends that have kind of unintentionally kind of just turned away because they just don't know what to mm-hmm. do with it and mm-hmm. it's too messy to deal with yeah. and it's just easier not to deal with it. Yeah. And but it's so, not
2: just the parents who feel the effect of that. It's their kids as well who then lose those relationships that could be building into them.
4: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And our kids, like, how can I say to my kids, well, you know, this is hard for them. So you need to be a friend to them.
3: Mm.
4: If I'm refusing to be a friend to the parent or, or Mm -hmm. not doing it well, or not pushing into their lives, like that's, again, that's just Poor parenting, in my view, because you're, you're expecting something of them that you won't, don't expect of yourself. And that's just.
0: The cool part is that you said, I can't, I'm, I feel alone, but if you don't hear anything else today, hear that, I can't do this alone. Mm -hmm. And we have a clip, I think, let's see what you have to say about that.
4: I have no idea what I'm doing, even if I look like I do.
0: No, that's the wrong clip. Hang on.
4: Well, that's true too. I have no idea oh, wait, what sorry, I'm doing. Sorry, sorry. Oh <laughs> <Even if> I, <laughs> Are you? And good? the most important phrase I want you to hear from me today is that I, as a parent, I need help. I need you, all of you. I cannot do this by myself, and I don't believe I'm supposed to do this by myself.
0: What do you mean by that? I don't believe I'm supposed to do this by myself.
4: Well, first of all, I really enjoy listening to myself. It's awesome. <laughs> I can't mm-hmm. wait to listen to the podcast. Um, I don't think God intended for us to do it by ourselves. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not supposed to do this in a silo. I'm not supposed to do this just with my husband because mm-hmm. I we are a two-parent household. Mm-hmm. But I, not for a second do I believe I'm supposed to do this by myself. I don't want to. I don't want my kids to have me do it by myself. Mm-hmm. They're missing out on so much i want them to be surrounded with people that give them different input in different perspectives even maybe perspectives that are contrary to what i'm saying sometimes so that they can figure out for themselves who am i in jesus Mm. what does he mean to me Mm -hmm. and then where what does he want for my life? Like what where does where am I where do I fit into his plan? Mm-hmm. What, what how am I uniquely created and, and what what we, you know, I, Liza and I she's got has she's got, gotten Liza's older. your oldest, right? Yes, she's nineteen. We've had great conversations and we don't agree about everything. And that's great. Like I'm I on the core issues of of our spirituality, we're in agreement about who Jesus is and surrender to him but there's a lot of gray areas that we can talk about and and it's from the input of other people that she's been able to form her own opinions and form her own ideas and it hasn't just been handed down to her i don't want it it's not an inherited thing yes. yeah it yeah. is it's so if I, yeah. I i would be sad if there weren't other people speaking into yeah. my kids lives right
2: well that that whole paint by numbers spirituality that people hand down to their kids if they don't have any depth and any wrestling then by the time they do get older Mm -hmm. and have to kind of put their own stake in the ground. Well, suddenly they don't have nothing. There's nothing, there's no foundation there. And that was one of the, the things that my parents did that I will be eternally grateful for. They, I mean, this, think of this pastor and, and pastor's wife and they were, In a a growing church they were everybody was looking at them you know expecting them to to raise their kids in the way that they should go you know Mm -hmm. and all that and they said to me you need to make up your own mind Mm -hmm. about your faith and you need to and you need to decide for yourself one time my mom tells this story a lot uh, when i was um, getting off the bus this is probably maybe fifth grade or fourth grade and i we were walking back from the bus um to the house and i said mom I don't remember this. She she tells it though. Uh, she said, I said, "Mom, uh, what if I just don't believe in all this God stuff?" And she said it was the hardest thing that she ever did. But she said, "Well, Barry, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to decide that on your own. You're gonna have to make up your own mind." And so that freedom, which I think you're alluding to here, is is what like allowed me to have a faith that actually mattered. Mm. Because then I listened to voices. I didn't just accept blandly what my parents said. I right. listened to other voices in my life, and it got to the point where. I couldn't just disregard the faith that so many people, right? I could see in all their lives. Yes. So I guess all that to say, I, I'm 100% in agreement with you. I think this is meant to be done in community.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking about, uh, I'm thinking about my own kids. I have two kids in junior high, and um, one of them early on um, just seemed to get it, have a connection, um, a deep connection. Um, with the Lord, uh, their faith was already very personal to them. Um, the way that they interpreted Bible stories, they were, they were doing so correctly and it wasn't just like they were just regurgitating it, but I could tell like, okay, wow, this child, he's really catching on. Right. <laughs> the other child, mm-hmm. uh, told me straight on, straight to my face, Uh, I don't like the Lord (laughs) of Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) The ward or the Lord? The Lord, the the Lord of Jesus. I don't like him. I don't like the Lord of Jesus. You know. Um, All right. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, So yeah. So I in uh, (laughs) in Chicago. um, I feel like I grew up with somewhat of a myopic view of Christianity because it was just we went to this church every week, you know, and um. Wednesday nights and on Sunday Sunday nights nights. and you know that that was it and this wasn't a church that networked with other churches so we didn't you know go all over the place so um, with my kids um, they went to a Lutheran school we were part of a more charismatic church I joined uh, a black gospel choir on the south side of the city and they went with me to practices and different performances and whatnot I wanted to get them as broad of a picture as I could um, even later, um, when we were part of a Reformed church, um, for the kids who grew up uh, in one, you know, way of thinking in the Assemblies of God church to move now to a Reformed church, they had a lot of questions about, well, what does this mean, and how does that relate to that? And I welcome and I love these conversations, um, but I don't want to be the only person um, speaking. Or, or answering, or you know, giving input when right. they do have these questions. One of the things I love that you said, um, you talked from, I think it was Romans twelve about you know the hand and the foot, mm. and um, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you, and you know right. all that stuff. Um, you said if if I'm the mouth, no pun of intended. Course, that right. was, <laughs> it, it took my son about ten seconds. And then he started laughing. Delayed reaction. <laughs> this was a worship together weekend, which yes. meant that our kids were in the, the sanctuary mm-hmm. with us worshiping together, which those are my favorite weekends. I love, love, love those weekends. I do too. But the delayed reaction of my son was hilarious. It's <laughs> it, awesome. It hit him on the back end and then he repeats it. He's like, ha ha, she said she's the mouth. <laughs> it was pretty good. Uh, but you said if I'm the mouth and your husband, Jeff, yes, um, if Jeff is the foot, they need, your children, they need much more than just a head and a foot speaking into yes. their lives. Amen, Amy. That was that was brilliant. Yes, I want I want all of it, and I can't have all Mm-mm. it outside of the community.
4: Right. That's yeah. That's I. I don't know. It's so funny the whole process of this. someday someday I'd love to sit down with you, Barry and Tim and everybody else to, to find out how they process their message, piecing together and and this one was really quick because we were coming off a of father of the bride. So I I usually have Usually I've done this four times, whatever, but I usually try and get it done way early um, because I just like to have it done and then mess with it. But this time it was Monday that I, that I really sat down and started piecing it together. But I just feel like the minute that I know whatever topic I've got or scripture that I've got, I just start listening intently and waiting for him to say, this is, this is the overall message that I want you to to speak, this is this is where I think, and each time I feel like it's been like super clear. Like this is what you because parenting, my word, I mean, how many different directions could you go? Mm. And so I just felt like he his his word was, and one of the things I've wanted to say for years is just that whole idea of parents in this culture, again talking about Western culture, have this whole idea of oh, I just want my kids to be happy. Mm. I and I, I felt like I missed it a little bit by not saying. They will be. There will be happiness, joy, contentment, fulfillment when you find your calling in Jesus. Like I think we have a clip. You want to hear? I don't, it? I don't think I said that though. Did I? I don't. I, don't <laughs> I don't remember now. I have no idea what I'm doing. Oh, even my if I look oh, like I stop. <laughs> stop it! He's just gonna. Walk I don't around. believe God gifted us us with children so that we can make sure that they're comfortable and successful and happy. That might come. And that might happen too, but I truly believe God has called us as parents to make disciples and launch them into his work.
0: So would you say becoming disciples and doing that as parents will make them happy? Or is that, what do you feel like you missed?
4: I, I just wanted, I guess I wish I'd said, hey, I think I found my calling and there's nowhere on earth that I would rather be living than right in the middle of God's will for my life and God's purpose for my life. Is it hard sometimes? Yeah, sure. I mean, it is. Um, but I didn't want. I didn't want to make people feel like you won't be happy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like. So maybe I did cover that, but as I was thinking about it today, I was like, "Oh, I hope I didn't make people feel like you might might won't find joy and contentment in your calling because you will. Like that 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 will the most joy that you will find is when you figure out where God wants you in His His kingdom and the work that He has for you to do. I believe.
1: I don't think you missed that. Okay, um, the good. way that that was said. But if you do think you missed that, um, I know like you do, that, you know, Monday you are playing Monday right. morning sure. quarterback. Of course, yes. And that's why this podcast is on Monday. and it's a it's really perfect. great opportunity yes. to just right all man. the wrongs.
4: It is perfect. Yeah. Next
1: time I miss a note, I'm just going to come in here and, and sing, sing that note. I think just I nail think it on perfect. the mic. Yeah. Just yeah. to make myself feel better.
0: So a couple months back, I was talking with a friend and he asked the question, how am I supposed to know if I'm a good parent? And neither one of us left that conversation with an answer. What do you guys think? How do we know if we're like Barry, you said the hardest thing your mom had to do is tell you to figure that out on your own. Like you have permission and freedom to do that. That's a hard parenting decision. It could have gone any way. She's not in control of what you did. How do you, how do you guys know? Like how, do how, how are we supposed to know if we're good parents?
1: Wouldn't that be different depending on the age of the child? Like right now, Milo's needs are very different from Desi, and Jaden's needs are very different from Liza's right. needs.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. So, I, I mean, I think uh, the this is from the person with no children. Oh, do tell the 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 most obvious pat answer is: Are you loving your children? Mm. Do you do, do your decisions about their well being have to come come out of a place of love? And if it is I mean, shoot, what else what else ultimately can you really do? Now I'm saying this looking at my I've I've been in a small group for about a decade and Mm -hmm. we've we went from all like single people, one married couple, and now everybody's married and they're all on kid number two, Mm -hmm. you know, and 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 counting. And so it's like I've seen them go through all the ups and downs of early parenting. The oldest I think is only a few years, four something, five. And so I've seen that on the early end watching them and and ultimately they would all tell you really ultimately, as long as our kids are loved and being fed, that's about the one thing that we can say. I don't know. What would you, do you agree with that? Do you say that's at that too stage for sure? At that yeah.
4: stage for sure. Um, I don't, I don't know if we'll ever know if we were great <sighs> parents. I don't know. I mean, I just want them. I just want them to have full, exactly what I said. I just want them to know Jesus. Like I,
0: but what if they don't, you'll still be a good parent, right?
4: You know that. That's yeah. A I mean, I hope point. so because I, I can't, I don't, you're right. I have no ultimate control over that.
1: I loved when you shared uh Proverbs 22, six is that the train yes. of the child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart right. from it. But then you said that that verse cannot be used as an indictment right. against parents. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I, I've heard that used in that right. way. Um, we can do our very best to raise our children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. I've heard mm-hmm. it my whole life. Um, but I can't ultimately make Desi or Jaden's choice nope. for them. Um, I can be a praying mom and soon and very soon a praying grandma. I can't wait for my grandma years. Wow. I can't Maren. wait. i not. Both episodes are like talking about how... Close you are are to getting know, already getting so old
4: she already doesn't know how to use the Netflix button on the You're remote right. so I my yeah. grandparents stopped me actually after I thought about the, after Boston was in I a... to tell me how awesome
1: being a grandparent is I can't wait <laughs> I and like, I well, want to be one of those praying grandmothers yes and there might be someone in my family who says you know I was hell on wheels mm-hmm. but I had a grandmother her name was Marin right and mm-hmm. she just wouldn't stop praying, praying for me you yes. know yeah yes. I want to be that. she
0: thought I lived in Baltimore, <laughs> Massachusetts.
4: Baltimore, right, right on the ocean. <laughs> right right
2: I don't think I don't think that phrase is gonna be is gonna be accurate anymore though. When you're a grandma, they'll be like. What, what are wheels?
1: What are wheels? Everything's yes. yeah. going
2: to hover. Right, I was hell
1: hover. on a hoverboard, but <laughs> I had a praying grandma. Okay, I love that.
2: Let's start using that right now. <laughs>
4: hell, hell on a hoverboard. Hell on a hoverboard. I, it works better,
1: actually, than hell on wheels. Yeah, that sounds think. way better.
4: Yeah. I did want to say the flip side of that, too, because I didn't feel like I addressed that. I did not want it to be an indictment to parents, because I think there are, there are parents that are racked with guilt and grief over their kids that have not for whatever reason chosen the path that they wanted for them or or that God wanted for them. The other, sorry, the other side of that would be that God can do work in spite of the parents too. Amen. And I didn't want somebody to think, yeah. oh, okay, well, I don't have great parents. If there was a kid in the room that was thinking my parents are terrible. Well, God can still, I mean, he's still on the hunt for you. Mm-hmm. And he will pursue you in spite of if you've got really bad parents, which I don't know what the definition yeah, of that is. Exactly. Even, but but I, I just felt like I didn't give that flip side of it either of there is there's hope because mm-hmm. there were kids in the room and uh, I wanted to make sure that they left feeling hopeful.
0: So you've got four kids ages 10 through
4: 20. Oh yeah. Almost 20, 20 in February. She's
0: 19, 19, 16, 14, 10. So talk about, we, we, just touched on the different phases of what it is to be a parent. Talk about how you, you and Jeff have experienced that. Um, cause 10 is way different obviously than 20, but you've watched, I mean, can you talk a little bit? You've got three girls and one boy. Right. That's different. That's totally. So different. can you talk a little bit about the different phases that you have, uh, gone through as a parent?
1: Yeah. You mentioned the sleepless nights, uh, from infancy turning into sleepless nights as a high schooler. Yeah. I loved that line cuz I'm right on the verge Bridge of that. Of yeah. I would say I think
4: a parent's golden years <laughs> are between the ages of and this is for me personal. Um like 2 cuz the infant stage for me was brutal. I was so tired and sad all the time. I'm just being honest. Sounds great. So, but 2 they start discovering things and up to about 12, because they just still like you so much. Oh. Like they still really, really like you. So you have like one
0: you. kid that likes you still?
4: Um, I would say Annie, because of her personality, Called she's Annie. 14. I would say she's still she's still, but she's got she's got her moments where she's mm-hmm. like, stop talking and <laughs> quit saying things that are bugging me. Like she just so there I love that stage. Yeah. And I've one left in it. And I don't think I appreciate it as much as I want wish I had now. Wow. Um, when I was in it, cause, cause they just, they're just, they're discovering life and they still really enjoy being
1: with you. Oh, and um, you can still tell them what to do. Right. Exactly. Yes, and there's not a lot of control. backlash.
4: Yeah. Um, even though they're still in my control at 16, um, there can be a lot of backlash to anything you say or do. And just, they're trying to figure out who the heck they are Yeah. at that stage. And that's really, I think that's been my hardest thing with Will. He's 16. Um, Number one, he's a boy, and that brings on, sorry, boys in the room, it brings on a whole other set of challenges. And they really, it does take them longer to to develop that whole frontal lobe thing than it does girls. That's <laughs> a yes, nice teen, way of putting it. Yes. Boys are kind
0: of dum-dums.
4: A little bit, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think it's hard for it. boys in our culture, in Western culture. I look at him some days, and I feel like he's stuck between needing to become a man And still wanting to be a little boy yeah Mm -hmm. and that is in 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 our culture boys aren't allowed to feel emotions not as deeply as women are and i'm not saying they shouldn't i'm just saying i think they feel this pressure that they're not allowed to say oh
1: man up yeah Yeah, exactly and
4: and so i feel angst for him because Mm -hmm. i feel like he has things in him that he feels like he can't just let out, so it comes out in other ways. Like I think sometimes it's anger that comes from a boy more than sadness or emotion or because they don't they don't feel that they're allowed to express it in that way. So I think he expresses things in a different way. Which do you I,
0: think he's more emotional than he?
4: Oh, I think he's super emotional. Really? Yes. Yeah. Well, as a emotional. as
2: a former adolescent boy yes. myself, were you a dumb s- dumb? I was weird. I was a I don't know. <laughs> same I, thing. I, yes, I Tyler was, was I, a dumb. I did stupid things. I
0: was definitely a dumb dumb. Yes. I was a dumb dumb dumb. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, I was not like yeah, I I was not completely ridiculous, but right. I just remember all of the feelings and things and hormones and everything is just this this soup in my brain right. and it would come out in the weirdest ways. Yes. Like the moment a girl would walk into the room, all of us guys would start jumping on each other. Like, right. why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not interested in her. She's just right. She's There's just, just a, a girl, girl in the room. Right. So we have to Like monkeys? Or, like, climbing on things, jumping off of things. <laughs> yes. I don't know. She it just advances. happens. Like, and it's like, if you really stopped and thought about it, like, why did I just jump off that chair? <laughs> well, the, that's the thing. You right. don't. You, you don't. Just, right. You just you don't never do. You yeah. don't think.
4: You don't think. Uh, and Liza being the oldest, I, every birthday I say, um, happy birthday. And I'm so sorry because ev- you were the Guinea pig, mm-hmm. like everything that we did, we were trying out on you. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have, you know, I have regrets with her. I think there were times that I made her grow up too quick and, um, she was the oldest and it just, it pains me. And yet I look at her today and I'm like, I guess we didn't do everything awful. Cause she's a remarkable young lady. Mm-hmm. I I love hanging out with her. I like mean, she's, she's not
0: going to listen to this. It's fine.
4: No, I, I know she's not. You're right. She's totally not. She's not going to listen to my sermon <laughs> no. from the weekend. I'm, no. I'm going to guarantee you that. Um, but she really is like, I have I have friends that I hang out with, a bajillion of them, as I mentioned yeah. earlier. But if I were going to choose, I would totally choose to hang out with Liza if, I, if she were around. She's down in Nashville, Tennessee at Belmont. But um, she's just a joy to be with. And she is totally figuring out, what God means to her and what, what that looks like. And, you know, there's going to be bumps and bruises along the way and there's going to be great highs and low lows. And, but I feel like she, yeah, somewhere along the line, God got a hold of her heart and, and she's embracing that and and embracing what that looks like for her. But she's just, a, she's just a complete joy to be with. I mean, and she's we, hilarious on Twitter. She's, she's a pretty funny all of my, all of my kids are really witty. Even even my quiet Annie will come out with some zingers, mm-hmm. and I, I I enjoy that piece of them as much as anything. Like they're just hilarious people, and I love mm-hmm. hanging out with them. But every stage brings its own set of challenges, and in the teenage years, are killing me because I'm older, so I'm tired all the time. Anyway, you know when we're young, having babies, we're like, oh, okay, I you know the now I'm just so stinking tired anyway, and so like I'll go to bed on a Saturday night. They have to come in at, you know, certain, certain time, like midnight usually is the curfew for Will. And I'm not, I mean, I go in at 1130, but I'm laying there. I'm not going to sleep till he's home. Mm -hmm. I cannot sleep till all the babies are under. Oh, really? No. Oh, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. No. And when Liza's home from college, same thing. And she doesn't, we, she has somewhat of a curfew as long as we know where she is, she can do what she wants. But because she's really a pretty good kid. But she, she would become, you know, one o'clock sometimes. Yeah, like, oh, no. Oh, no, my not, parents not slept sound.
0: like rocks when I was in no, high school. Oh, my no, gosh. I'm like,
4: Hey, are you home yet? And she's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm home. There's
2: a there was a time a couple times where I came home like later in life after right. college as a, where I would need to live at my parents sure. house for a little bit for right. a few months or, or, you know, and it was weird that like some kind of thing triggered in my parents where all of a sudden they're asking me like hey where are you going where are you, when are you yes. going to be home and yeah. I'm like I'm um, like 25 right. like I don't have to, <laughs> don't tell, have you to that. tell you <laughs>
3: that uh,
0: when I was no. in high school my mom would say wake me up when you get home and then I would go upstairs oh
4: you're not going to wake her up what, no did I did <laughs> I did but without fail
0: I would go upstairs and I would gently like tap her and I'd say mom mom I'm home she would wake up and see my shadowy figure standing above (laughs) above her and and go don't do
4: that That's i was like you told me to wake you up what are you talking about and
0: so and then i would start waking my dad up but he wears one of those like sleep apnea hoses on his face (laughs) and so my dad's like The happiest guy ever, happy to see you all the time, including at like one in the morning when I get home.
4: With the thing on his face. With the thing on
0: his face. And so I dad, I'm home. And he'd like try to talk to me, but you can't talk with that thing on your face. Welcome back.
3: Oh man. Oh man.
1: That's awesome.
4: It was great. But they slept like rocks when I was gone. I can't. I just can't do it. I I loved what
1: you said about you never stop being a parent. Mm -mm. It'll never go away. And you will just continue to transition the older right. your children get. I know um, for me this summer, I was at a water park with my mom and my kids who are in junior high and healthy and strong. And I've been able to sustain the lives of two individuals right, for, for this, 12 and yeah, 13. Isn't that awesome? So when we get to the water <laughs> park and I tell the kids, okay, well you guys can go on that ride, but we'll right. meet back here at this time. And my mother has to say to me, "Right, did, did you tell them to stick together? You were like Body system. As if I would forget. Right. As if I she she must. She must say Say something. Sometimes she tries not to say it. Right. And then I see I see her lip just quiver. I see that, right? She she's
4: biting. Has to get it out. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) If my mother wasn't losing her mind, she would do the same thing. But she can't remember (laughs) anything anyway, so now she can't tell me what to do anymore. But I'm sure she wants to. Somewhere in her head, she's like, "Oh, if I could just say this, I could just remember to boss Amy." Yeah, she she would totally do it. My dad does it a little bit now. For kind of.
1: You said um, at the beginning of your sermon, um, "I'm scared," and I wonder if anyone else feels like I do.
4: I'm scared. <laughs> Tyler, did you spend all day just fucking? This little is the most prepared he's ever been. I have no idea <laughs> what I'm doing, even if I look like I do. That really could be like the mantra for my life. I know. That's why I have why no I, idea what I'm what, doing, even if I look what like. What
1: scares I do. you? Now you've you've made it through the toddler years and you know the baby years. What what scares you?
4: Hmm. Um, probably that. That they won't, that they won't find, that they that they won't find that deep relationship with Jesus. I, I said that to uh, Liza when we were it was two years ago, I guess. I said, do you just feel his presence all the time? Mm-hmm. And she was like, I I guess. And I said, because I have ever since the moment I really feel like I surrendered to him, I just feel like he's there like just and and when i feel that i'm like oh i hope everybody that loves jesus and has surrendered their lives just feels like he's present all the time and so when i think of that I, that's what i want i want my kids to feel that and i just want them to find i i guess because i have it i can't imagine living life without knowing exactly where he wants you and i know that can be hard to find i kind of tripped into it i feel like i just kept kind of going along bobbing along and he was like okay let's go here next and let's do this next and i know that can be way harder Mm. for people to find than it was for me and i just i just want them to have that deep relationship with him and then know what he wants them to do in the world because i know that's the best place to be and then everything else will come out of that like if they get married if they if they don't get married whatever that call is I just believe if they're in, if those two things line up, I feel like all the other stuff.
1: Yeah, seek first the kingdom of the right, God, and then right. all these other things will be added unto you. Yeah, it...
4: and certainly not that there won't be pain and heartache and yeah. all that. But but when you're when you're in that place of that complete surrender to to Christ and all of the heartache and pain, all of that is easier to deal with because of your grounding in in Him. I think yeah. so. I guess I'm scared that somehow though you know of course i'm scared for safety and things like that because i don't know that you can be a parent and not feel those things because you you love these your heart's walking around on legs you know all the time and and i said somebody said to me you're only as happy as your saddest child and that is absolutely the truth absolutely i mean everything can be going great for three but if one is just deeply wounded or upset about something, that's where your heart lives until, until you're able to help them get through that. Hmm. Um, so, so I guess, yeah, I guess that's my, my biggest fear. And and like we were talking earlier, the fear of safety and stuff. And you just have to kind of let that go at some level because we, we just can't, we can't live our lives and worry all the time hmm. or we can't live. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just want them to, I just pray and, and, and hope that I'm helping them get to a place of that kind of deep, rich relationship with, with God, and then finding what, what his purpose is for them, his specific purpose. Cause I believe he has one for everybody. So.
0: So talking about fear, I want to go back to Barry's um, comment at the beginning of the, of this episode about <clears throat> the shooting down in Texas. And uh, I mean, that was a community of a thousand people, and almost 30 of them were murdered yesterday. And uh,
4: eight kids from the same family. Did you hear that? Oh, no. Wow. Yeah. Half
0: of the victims are kids. Yep. Wow. Um, A town of less than a thousand. Mm-hmm. Everybody in that town knows somebody. Chances are. Yeah. And every, that, everybody. That I, I read somewhere. Everybody in the town is a
2: victim. of Right. Us.
4: You, you would have to, I mean, think about, think about our church. Yeah. I mean, 26 people being shot at this church that that's about the size at this let's say 146th street campus one service that's about the size of the town like maybe the 11 o'clock service is like the size of the wow. town so Can you talk about,
0: we're talking about fear yeah well, how do you talk about that with your kids how do you, how, how do you help your kids navigate through
3: hmm.
0: all of that because we have our own fears but they hear the story if they hear that half the victims were kids they put the pieces together how do you guys do that and and i guess i mean the flip side of that is how do you
2: i mean you just just spoke amy about at some point you know you have to let it go when there's so much to be afraid of in the world and uh, how do you not just lock up and keep your kids indoors all the time because you don't want them to be harmed by the big bad world Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. yeah that that's hard for me um Yeah, (laughs) I I have fears that are so severe, I I go into full on panic mode when my kids are on a roller coaster. You do? I do. I do because I my daughter's. She's a tiny little thing, mm-hmm. and I'm afraid that so that you that, can see her slip that, right yes, yes. that lap belt. That lap belt is funny. not tight no, I enough. Mean it, I, didn't mean to be, I mean I just sorry.
2: I mean that's deeply I'm inappropriate.
1: so serious. I'm can I tell you in all in all seriousness? I there's a there's a ride called the Raging Bull. It's at Six Flags uh, just north of Chicago. If you've ever been there, and I never went on this ride in my lifetime, never until my daughter was tall enough to go on this darn ride. I I is rue the right word rue the day Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah um that she became tall enough to, to go on, on these rides because my heart was okay when i could tell that. her oh honey next year you right, know yeah. but then next year came and she's like wanting to be in the front row of oh my biggest yeah. fastest scariest and she's so small right so i went and i sat next to her help me jesus to mom arm my daughter <laughs>
0: mom arm on this yeah, ride You
1: know. yeah Mom arm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I stick my arm out, and I'm thinking if this lap belt fails, my arm's gonna totally just withstand all the sure, G-force yeah. oh, absolutely. and, and, and you're keep a mom. her in the seat. Yes, mm-hmm. I did. I went on the ride just so that I could mom arm her. And you the did? Entire. I did. Totally. You probably
0: did. didn't enjoy the ride at all. Oh, did no. you buy the picture?
1: Absolutely not. At no. the end of the ride, of
0: you just mom arming you know, your daughter.
1: <laughs> there is a picture. On Facebook, if you really wanted to look it up, where all four of us, my husband, my son, my daughter, and myself are on a roller coaster. My husband's making a face. My daughter's giving a thumbs up. And I can't even describe the face that I'm making in this (laughs) picture. I hate roller coasters that much. We'll put it on the website. That much. So if I have a hard time letting her go on a roller coaster, I have a hard time letting her, you know, go to the park with friends or any of this stuff. So for me... When I heard the news about this shooting in particular, um, coming on the heels of the terrorist attack in New York. Oh, my goodness, um, I know. That was coming
2: on the heels of Las Vegas. Yes.
1: Oh, yes. So,
2: wow.
1: It it sounds awful to say that no one is safe anywhere, but in a way, that kind of helps me overcome my fears because no one is safe anywhere. So, I don't love flying. But I flew to wherever it was.
0: Baltimore, Massachusetts. <laughs> there right. it is. Boston-
1: Boston-more. Yes, Boston-more. <laughs> I flew there and I told myself, well, you know, it, it's not likely that something bad will happen to this aircraft. It's not likely that I'll get hit by a car while just walking on a sidewalk but it could happen. It's not likely that I'll get shot at church, but it could happen. It's not likely that I'll get bullets rained down from above if I'm at a concert somewhere, but it could happen. So what am I not going to ever go on a plane, walk on the s- sidewalk, go to church go to church, yeah. wow. or go to a concert? Right? No, no. So in a way it kind of, um, it helps me to let go of some of those fears and just, um, allow me to live my life with intention, with, uh, with fervor, um, allow my children some freedom to live their lives. And, um, you're right. We can't keep, we can't insulate ourselves. We can't just Mm. wrap our children in bubble wrap and insulate them from every bad thing. We can't insulate ourselves from every bad thing. Um, and that goes back to what you were saying about your, your small group, uh, retreat this weekend and that, that trust, Mm -hmm. you know, um, for for some people, maybe that line is a little further away than it is for others, right. but um, I I'm constantly reaching that line of, well, do I trust him? Do I trust him even if something bad should happen? Yeah. When I say that I trust him, am I saying I trust him that he's going to bring my child back from this trip safely? Or am I saying I trust him that even if my child doesn't come back from this trip safely, he holds time in his hands. And it's, all in his hands um, how do I make sense of when senseless things like this happen right. where is my level of trust what does that word even mean yeah. you know I don't want to think that I think it's a very western prosperity driven thing to think of trust as God's always going to do mm-hmm. what, what I want him to do yes you know um, yeah I, I I wrestle with that all the time
2: I think there's there's a really interesting, I guess, silver lining in the fact that we have to be constantly afraid now. Uh, It's that there's no more illusion that we have control. We really just can't. There's no way to say, yeah, I'm able to actually be safe or secure anymore. And, and the reason why I call that a silver lining is because of that, it forces us to rely on God. And when you look at like the beatitudes in Matthew Mm five, which are so weird, Jesus gets on the, this mountain and starts talking about the people who are blessed. And he says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, those who hunger and thirst for justice and on and on. And ultimately the reason they're blessed is because they need God. They don't Mm. have a choice when you're poor, when you're suffering, when you're at the mercy of injustice, you have to have God on your side, looking out for you. And that's why when, when I've gone to places like incredible poverty, incredible insecurity, Kibera slum in in Nairobi, uh, Cambodia, and I mean, India and South Africa, you go to these places where there's so much, um, death and fear and pain and injustice all around you that people have some of the most vibrant faiths that you could Mm -hmm. find, uh, because they have, they have no other choice, but to rely on God to provide for them and to rely on God to protect them. And, and we had some, we had some really fancy, nice looking illusions that we were able to get ourselves out of any problem that, that you know, we could we could get the car that was safe enough
3: mm-hmm. right. to keep yeah. your kids
2: from dying right. in mm-hmm. any yes. possible circumstance. We could get the house that had the right security features so that you'd never get broken into. Right. I mean, those illusions are starting to shatter. And mm-hmm. I think it's forcing us to ask bigger questions about, do we trust God? Where is our boundary?
4: Yeah. Wow. So um, just a quick, I, unlike Maren, um, made Maggie go on the beast. <laughs> You made, <laughs> you made her. We all wanted to go, and she was going to have to sit out by herself. Oh my she was gosh. like eight. We were like, "It's really fun, Maggie. You'll love it." And she went and like literally sobbed. Maggie's ten. She was eight when we did it. Oh, oh my goodness. goodness! And she cried. So when I asked the, the question, "What cried. makes a good parent?" You could have said, <laughs> "Well, not. I can tell you what it's, it's not." not. And she cried, and she had a double ear infection. <gasps> what? Before she went on, she had a double Apparently ear infection. She did, and then we get to the oh. end. And I'm telling you, everybody lined up to get on the ride looked at us like I mean, they literally. It was such judgment. I mean, they were like, well, "You yeah. are horrible, horrible parents." You're like, let's course, go again. Of course, the other kids are dying laughing because that's the kind of siblings they are. It was <laughs> awful. laughing at their eight-year-old yes, sister. Yeah, because she's like sobbing, like oh crying. crying so you look at that crying. whole
2: situation. You think, "Yep, nailed it."
4: That's yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, that's. parenting 101. Everybody, yeah. right? Jeez. From, no, it, it, that's. <laughs> Why I put in the fun facts on, on this. Yeah. I said, if I you want it. some good like um, yes. stories about Fails. Fa- fabulous parenting, just ask me because you know I've got a whole. Sle- I
1: have a fun fact right here for those of you who don't have the app yet, the Uh-oh. Grace Church app. I love it for the fun facts in particular. Mm-hmm. Fun fact: Amy says every time one of my kids would do something crazy in public, like scream and cry in the middle of Target, I would just tell passersby we're working on it and keep yeah. walking. Yes.
4: <laughs> I learned that from another mom Fantastic. because they were judging. There's no question. I mean, yeah. they're like melting down or, you know, your teenagers kind of yelling at you in the middle of it. You're just like, and I'll do it till with my kids today. And they're like, stop it. And I'm like, we're working on it. We're working on it. So it's like, I'm <laughs> out of the store oh just so God. they know I'm aware. I'm aware yeah. that this isn't good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm judging myself. I'm don't worry. Ju- yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't exactly. worry. Like you don't need to judge me. I've already done it. We're good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're good,
0: man. So Amy, thanks for joining us oh, today. This was
4: so fun. Yeah.
0: Um, Amy said that she wants to be the uh, honorary fourth host, Yeah, but no. only room for three. Sorry. No, um, just
4: if you, if someone can't make it one Monday. <laughs> okay. We'll see. I would, I would love to. Okay. We'll see. I thought I did pretty well. <laughs> yeah, on this it was audition. pretty good. It was pretty thought, good.
0: All right but next week guys we are talking to david bell which is going to be awesome david no just kidding oh. well it will be awesome but... Oh,
4: i thought I, I thought you were kidding about the whole thing no, like, i was i was really pumping him up. what are
0: you kidding about i'm very lost all right so we are talking I'm to david, david bell, bell next and week it will be but awesome. we're going to talk about the enneagram oh so we've that's talked funny. about that a couple times here in the last two episodes yeah. and so we're going to get it go do a deep dive with david on the oh, Enneagram. darn
4: i could you can can i come sit and listen It's a podcast. You can listen to it on your phone. You can listen on the beach. I could have like good questions and I'll write them down and hand them to you. You can give me questions. questions, Send them in. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking Speaking of of which, should people be able to do that?
0: Yeah. That's our, our hope for it. Go ahead, Tyler. So one of the things we want to do as a weekly podcast from Grace Church is to solicit questions from listeners, from people in the community. Uh, We will have a functionality on the Grace Church app that will allow you to submit questions. Uh, We might even um, create a Twitter account. Who knows guys, the world is, is our oyster, oyster from Baltimore. From Baltimore.
4: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Baltimore, Massachusetts. Your lobster, lobster roll. Yeah. Or your lobster roll. Uh,
0: but yeah, we would love to hear feedback or questions um about the Enneagram in particular. Uh but just for between Sundays in general, would love to hear from you. So thanks for listening. Uh Amy, thanks again for being here. So fun. Thanks and for until you. next week, we will what are we gonna do? We will I keep know. on keeping on. You no, need to no, have, we gotta do You got to You
4: you need to find a sign off, you know. I know like or, Al Roker, what's going on in your neck of the woods? You need to have like a closer. That's not a sign off. Well, it's a pass off. I'm okay, you need a sign off. I don't well, know what. Garrison it
2: means Keillor, you. how did he always sign off? It was uh it was And that's the rest. No, 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 no. Uh, no the, not,
1: Garrison
3: Keillor. The I don't even know. Who is that Gar- guy?
2: Garrison Keillor, he would always end Prairie Home Companion. No, no, the the Writer's Almanac. He would always end it with um do good work. Uh, no, stay well. Do good work and keep in touch. <laughs> we need okay, something like well, that. That's like Micah 6-8, right? i think on do that. Do justly.
1: Love mercy. He stole that from the Bible. Walk humbly with thy God. He's a thief. So until <laughs> then, everyone, do justly. Love mercy. And walk humbly with thy God. Wow. This is Miriam Gaffrey. Yeah. Queen Sunday.
0: We'll see you next week. <laughs>